it's not okay with you that people just kind of leave lead lives of misery and quiet desperation. What if our purpose here is to have joy, to experience happiness? I think that is our human purpose. Caution, you will begin to love your nine to five with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome back to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, episode number 12. Welcome everybody to this episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. My guest today is a positivity expert, podcast host, speaker, psychologist, and author, Dr. Paul Jenkins. Dr. Jenkins, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Shmuel. I'm I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I'm excited. You're doing some great things on purpose, and that's kind of my theme. Well, I'm happy to hear about that, and I'm really glad you were able to carve out some time for us today. If you don't mind, you know, just if our listeners can learn a little bit about who you are, can you just tell us briefly um, about your background and how you came to do what you're doing today? Yes, absolutely. I am a clinical psychologist by training. Uh, I say by training because I kind of left the tribe, um, meaning I, I shifted from a traditional psychotherapy model where I was for maybe 12, 13 years to okay. an exclusively positive psychology model. And so I've developed a, a counseling practice, coaching practice that also includes um, speaking. I do a lot of public speaking and, and trainings and keynotes as well as writing books. Um, I'm also a podcaster and a YouTube guy. Okay, so, so you you have quite a bit going on right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, when you know, I know we discussed this before, and I see on your website, drpauljenkins.com, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes, and maybe you'll tell us later about your podcast as well. But I see that you're the positivity expert. Tell us a little bit how you found that to become your focus, and what exactly does that mean? So you've probably heard this before. Most of us have to just think positive, sure. right? And and life somehow gets better when we just think positive. Or does it? That, to me, that that that's kind of a trite, um, maybe even a worn out kind of a phrase or idea. Unless we can follow it up with some real information about how that is done. So I've taken it on myself to help people understand basically how to operate the equipment of their own mind so that they can see not only how you can be positive no matter what, but also the the principles that are naturally operating in our own mind that allow us to do that so that they can actually understand the how and why behind positivity. Okay, so let me understand. Um, yes, I've heard think positive and by thinking positive, somehow that's supposed to magically, um, tr- you know, change our mindset and things. Good things are supposed mm-hmm. to start happening, but apparently it's not that simple. Because if it was, we'd all be doing it. So, right. w- what are the exact steps 
um, that are necessary to to make that you know from something that's just a concept to make mm-hmm. that a, a reality that we can live with. Well, this is the fun thing about my job. I get to illuminate the obvious. And this is cool when you think about it. I get paid to tell people things they already know. But there's okay. obvious there's obvious things that are unnoticed. What do you so, mean? Well, let's go there for a minute. Obvious but unnoticed. Like like the feeling of your shirt. Can you feel it now? Yeah. Now I can. Thank you. It's pretty obvious, isn't it? Sure. But it was unnoticed until I called it to your attention. Or the fact that we're speaking English. Did you notice? I noticed. It's well, obvious. Yeah. But we don't notice it until it's called to our attention. Correct. And in a similar way, there are processes going on in our mind that are obvious once they're called to our attention, but unnoticed right up until the time that they are. Okay. And there's two of these that I think are important to understand. Maybe three. If if we start with three, the first one is called metacognition. Okay. And this is a psychological term. When when you break it down, all it means, cognition means thinking. Metacognition is a higher level. It's thinking about thinking. And now you can notice as it's called to your attention, that you can do this. You can think about your own thinking. Well, that's pretty important. I can think about thinking. Why would I want to think about thinking? Because as you think about your own thinking, it actually puts you in a position of choice and control over those thought processes that you didn't have before you noticed it. So I I think of it this way. Metacognition creates a space, and that space is where choice exists. So thinking about our thinking, now we can talk about two different processes that are going on in our mind all the time. And we can't turn these off. It's kind of like gravity. Do you ever get up in the morning and think, huh, I wonder if gravity's on today? Nope, never. It (laughs) tends to be, right? This is one of those natural eternal laws that just it's always on and in a similar way there are processes in our own mind and the first one that i'll call to your attention is evaluation okay and i want you to just notice that you do this you know anyone who's listening just tune into your own thinking for a moment and notice that you're constantly evaluating or judging that's another word for it yourself your relationships, your job. Uh, the title of your show is is to love your nine to five, right? Mm-hmm. Well, notice that you're constantly judging your nine to five. Yeah. Your job, the way you spend your time, your relationships, everything. Judging, judging, judging. And we can't turn it off. We judge ourselves. You're judging me. It's okay. I'm judging you too. (laughs) So we do it. Now, how do we judge? The word evaluation itself implies comparison with some standard. Right. And if we don't have an immediate standard, we use this amazing power tool of our own imagination to come up with something to compare it to. So check it out. When you take what you've got the way it is. And you've heard the phrase, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. 
this can be a little annoying depending on who's saying it. I actually but, had a guy come here and had that tattooed on his arm. And I said, why did you mess that up? It is what it is. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, and it can be a little annoying sometimes the way people use it. But all it means is the way things are right now without changing anything. It's where you are. It's who you're with. It's what you have. It is what it is. Now, what if we take what it is and we compare it to our imagination of something better? Then how do we feel about what we've got? Well, not so good. Not so good, right. And as a psychologist, I say this to people all the time. You are never wrong about how you feel. How you feel is 100% consistent with the way your own mind is doing the processes that we're talking about here today. So you're not wrong to feel badly about what you have, but notice that you only feel badly about that because you're comparing it to some version of an imagined better scenario. I had a guy right here. You know, you saw earlier that I have a couch here in my office. Yes. I am a shrink. I have a couch. And I had a guy sitting here, oh, that was probably probably a week and a half ago, just going on and on and on about his job and some problems that he was having. You know, we all have frustrations and things that are going on. And I wanted to bring this into context for him. As I interrupted the, the stream of conversation, I said, what? You have a job? And he paused for a moment. He rolled his eyes, maybe kind of like you might be. Um, right. <laughs> and, and, but he got it. He realized, oh, yeah, okay. Because there are so many people out there who don't have a job, right? What a great problem to have. And it just put him right into context again as he, as he felt gratitude for what he has. And, and we can feel that as soon as we compare what we've got to an imagined scenario that is worse than what we've got, how do we feel about what we've got now? Yeah, that much better. Right. And that gratitude is real. Just like the other feeling is real. Okay, so let me understand. So you're saying that we're constantly evaluating everything, whether we like it or not. And when everyone says, oh, we're not judging, it's not true. They are judging. Mm -hmm. uh, and... They're judging what, how you're going to react to their statement. That's the reason why I don't talk to a psychologist, because you know what I'm thinking right now. But, <laughs> but they're well, judging. I don't that good, Shmuel. Uh, but anyways, but we're constantly judging. And our judgments, good or otherwise, which will always be correct, are always going to be based on another standard, which is in our minds. So right. if we can, all right, I guess the next step is we can create that. I guess, is that where you're going? Well, we're going to go to that. Here, I just thought of an example as you were summing that up. And I think you, you got it very, very accurately. What I'm trying to convey here with the evaluation process mm -hmm. to notice that we're doing it. And you know what? I'm not even asking my clients to change it. I just want them to see it because as soon as they see it, they're in a position of choice. 
they become aware of a process that's going on in their own mind that they have some control over. And we don't always get to choose what happens to us. But we are always in a position to choose our attitude, basically the direction that we choose to evaluate what it is. I, I use an example sometimes in my speeches. Um, I ask my audience, am I a tall man? Okay, now you probably don't even know, right? I don't. Would it help if I told you I'm six foot two? Yes, it would. Okay, why? Six foot two, I think, is taller than most people. And that is a standard. See, I just gave you a standard to compare me to, and you know the standard, and so you can say, oh, yeah, well, compared to that, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I think you're a pretty tall guy. And then I put up a picture of myself with a member of our Speakers Association chapter here in Utah. His name is Mark Eaton. Mark is seven foot four. Okay, and why is he speaking? And I barely hit his shoulder. Well, he had a very <laughs> illustrative career in the NBA. He still holds one of the top ten, or the top five, I believe, shot blocking records in the NBA. He used to play center for the Utah Jazz. Okay. And now he's Excused. an amazing speaker and leadership trainer. Nice. When you see the picture of me with Mark, I look like a shrimp. I'm six foot two and this guy dwarfs me. So am I a tall man? Well, the answer to that depends on who or what you compare me to. So when people are, are expressing that they've, they've got problems in their marriage, for example, I can tell them stories about marriages that I'm aware of, that I may have worked with in the past, that help them to feel like they're in a really good position by and, comparison. And that's without changing anything of their current situation. We didn't change what it is. We simply changed how they're evaluating it. And that brings in a feeling of gratitude. Now, this is important because there's another process. And we switch back and forth between these two so quickly. Sometimes we don't even notice that we're doing it. But this process is also one that we cannot turn off. Okay. It's just like gravity or evaluation. We have to do it. Our mind is constantly going into creation mode. Okay, so, okay. so there's evaluation. We already talked about that. Now we go to creation. All right, what is that? Now this is another thing that we ask our mind to do for us. And we're constantly creating. I believe, you know what, my basic belief about human beings is that we have a divine nature, that, that we are somehow related to the supreme creator of everything. And because of that, we have to create. We can't turn it off. So we're going to create something. Now, I'm not talking about creation of what is. That already exists. I'm talking about creation of what is to be. And that doesn't exist yet because we haven't created it yet. Okay. So we're going to use that same power tool of imagination to guide our creation efforts. So, okay. Shmuel, what if I gave you an assignment? 
What what if the assignment was, okay, take a half hour. We'll just pause the recording here. Take a half hour. Go out there. Use your best creative energies to somehow make your life worse. Could you do that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, would you do that? No. (laughs) On purpose, I mean. We do it accidentally all the time. Oh, you can, but uh, I definitely would never choose to do that. Yeah, notice how quickly your mind can come up with half a dozen ways to pull that off. And it's not going to take a half hour, is it? No. Now, why can we imagine all these ways to make our life worse? It's not for the purpose of creation. We can imagine something worse so that in evaluation mode, we can see that we're in a good place to start with. When we get to creation mode, we switch the direction of our imagination tool to something that's better. Because think about it. What do you want? If I give you two options, you got to pick one of these two. You can have something better or something worse than what you've already got. What do you want? Yeah, obviously something better. Um, Duh, right? <clears throat> So yes. you're saying the brain naturally understands how to create something worse as a mechanism to define our current state? Well, the, our imagination of something gives us the template that we're now going to use in creation mode. Everything that's created, you look around the room, uh, everything that is created exists first as an idea as a thought, as an imagination. Right. It, it doesn't just poof into being. Someone imagines it. I've got a pen here. I've got a desk lamp. I've got a computer. Someone imagined these things. Mm-hmm. And then they were created. So we start with our imagination. And the thing is, you know, when we want to create a better life, let's say that you just want to create a situation where you are happy at home or at work, or in your current financial situation, whatever it is, to create that, you first have to imagine it. That's what gives your mind the marching orders to go about the steps that will be necessary to actually make it happen. If you don't have an imagination of it, you don't have a blueprint to follow. And what we're creating is unprecedented. I mean, for us. Right. It's other people have done it, but we look at them and we think, "Oh, they're so lucky." You know what? People tell me that all the time. They say, "Hey, Dr. Paul, you are so lucky to have a job that you love." And I'm like, "Lucky? I created this. It didn't exist. I I had to go make this." And that's our creative power. So it starts with being able to imagine it. One way to to think about this, we use our imagination for both of these processes, for evaluation and creation. You can see that in the conversation we've had. Mm -hmm. If you think of your imagination kind of like a tool, just a basic hammer, for example. You know how a hammer is designed? It's got a flat face on the head of that hammer, and that's for the purpose of driving nails. On the other side is a claw for the purpose of pulling the nails out 
You don't use a claw to pound a nail. And, and you can't use the face to pull one out. It doesn't work that way. So you use the right end of that tool for the right job. And similarly, we've, we, our imagination has two ends. We can always imagine something better. We can always imagine something worse. You use the right end of your imagination for the right job, evaluation or creation. And that makes it possible to be positive and to generate the feelings associated with it no matter what. No matter what it is. And again, so I'm trying to understand this concept. So we're constantly evaluating our present situation and we're measuring it against a standard that we will supply based on our own imagination. Yes. And we can, creation comes in uh, when you create another, where, how does creation follow that? So creation is going to happen. We're going to create something better or something worse. So it, it serves us well to imagine something better. But we set ourselves up. We set ourselves up in evaluation mode for what's going to happen in creation mode. So think about it. When you're feeling depressed, inadequate, not good enough, like you've failed, like you're totally messed up, how likely are you to go do something productive? Not very likely at all. Not so much. Nope. In fact, you're more likely to go make a mess. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can make a mess doesn't mean that you should, although that supplies all of our news outlets with plenty of stories. <clears throat> That's right. When, alternatively, when you think about how you feel, when you consider how richly and abundantly blessed you are, when you, when you consider the abundance and goodness and things that you're grateful for in your life, what kind of energy does that bring and how likely are you now to go do something productive? That much more. And is that what you refer to when you say creation is creating that state of mind? So, well, or it's creating goods and services and products and... Got it. Okay. Creation of first a state of mind, because when you imagine, think about the feelings in creation mode. When you imagine, because you don't know, think about it. You don't know. How are you doing next week? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You don't know. You got something to do with it. But you don't know. So that's all imaginary. When you imagine that what's coming is better than what you've already got, how do you feel? Yeah, that's not, that's not very good. Well, that's the... When you imagine that what's coming is better. Oh. See, okay. that creates the excitement. If you, if you compare what you've got to something better, you feel worse. Right, right. But when you anticipate something better coming, that creates hope. Eagerness, anticipation. When you imagine that what's coming is worse than what you've already got, that's anxiety. That's fear. So, so our, our feelings follow perfectly, and we're never wrong about how we feel. 
Our so, feelings are consistent with these two processes. Got it. So let me try to summarize that, make sure I understand this, and make sure that our listeners okay. are following as well. Awesome. Um, so I'm in a situation, let's say, or anyone's in a situation where they're feeling down, depressed, and they're focusing on something which in their minds is not going the way that it should be going or, or the way they would well. like it to I, go. Now, exactly. we've already identified that that's called evaluation. And right. they're evaluating based on a standard that's better than what they currently have. Right. So by recognizing the goodness and abundance and blessings that, are, let's say me, by identifying what I have currently, that can change my evaluation of the very same facts without changing anything, but changing that perspective. And that can put me into a mode of of thankfulness and contentment and yeah. that would foster creation because now now I'm now I'm on fire because now I have yeah. I have all these wonderful things let me go out there and tap into you know my divine side of me and l- l- let me create I'm not going to create you know trees but I might create a great interview with you or I might create something else. For example, you might bake a nice meal for your family. I mean, there's creation has so many possibilities. Got it. So, but basically this one, two punch that you're suggesting is, is basically the secret sauce for somebody who's, or for anybody who, when we find ourselves in a frame of mind, which we don't enjoy being in because we're focusing on a particular negative aspect of an event or a situation that we're in. So right. we can kind of, it, it's up to us to evaluate those facts. And if we evaluate it based on a different set of standards, we can change our mindset and we can choose to be positive, resulting in this wonderful byproduct or natural consequence of leading into creation. Yes. I get it. Nice. Okay. You should become a psychologist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, we've, got, we've gone over it fairly quickly. I've, I've detailed this model in a mini book. It's pocket-sized. It's, you can read it in 20 minutes. But I've got visuals and the, the whole model in it. It's called Portable Positivity. Okay. And that's available on my website if people want to connect to that. But that's just a, a nice quick little reference to the model that we're talking about here. Okay. Today. I think that will be very beneficial. And I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes as well if anybody wants to nice. get that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just to have it down and there might be something to review. But I think the concept we basically covered right now. So uh, as we spoke, the goal of this show is to help those who are in a frame of mind, let's apply this one-two punch. I don't know if the, I don't know if you like to call it that, but um, for, <laughs> I'll go with that. All yeah. right, for simplicity's sake, let's apply that now to, in a general sense, to our careers. Now we mm-hmm. we were talking before that there's there are so many people who accept mediocrity and worse to be the current and future state of their professional careers. And mm-hmm. to me, I think that's frankly unacceptable. And 
you know, we spend the best, the bulk of our time, of our best years, uh, our healthiest years of our life, working for someone, either for another company or ourselves. I think it's, I think we owe it to ourselves to love what we're doing. And just like you've created a space for yourself, everybody has to create a space. But how would, how would we actually apply uh, this concept to either, um, to either changing our mindset, uh, I'll give you a mouthful, changing our mindset and also discovering it's two separate parts of the question. One thing is, you know, framing where we are presently. And the second part of the question yes. is identifying who we are uniquely, what our divine power is, what our superpower is, and how to perhaps make changes in our professional careers that would be more in sync with who we are. So really a two-pronged question. Beautiful. Well, and it's a two-pronged model for that reason. Go ahead. And you're right. We start with evaluation. That's where we start. And you know what? There's a paradox here. Because I'll get behind your upgrade all day long. Let's face it. Things could be better. But honestly, Shmuel, when will that stop being true? Never. Right? Because it could always be better. What it is, is always between better and worse. Always. That acknowledgement sometimes helps us to get into a positive evaluation. So we start with an acknowledgement. And here's the paradox. You can have the upgrade. And you're more likely to get it when you realize you don't need it. Ouch. I know, right? <laughs> well, and it is a paradox, but it's kind of like getting a loan. You can get the loan as soon as you prove you don't need the money. <laughs> is this true in the world of finance? Yeah, in my experience. And and psychologically that is true too. So think about think about your marriage, for example. You know it could be better, and it's most likely to improve when you take a position that it's already good. Because that changes your mind it changes how you impact your wife in this case, mm -hmm. right? What about your job? Can you improve it? Can you upgrade it? Absolutely, because you're a powerful creator. We start with evaluation and the acknowledgement that you don't need to upgrade it. It's already awesome. So you ask your mind to supply for you the evidence that that is true. And one way that I do this, this is a little brain hack. I call it 25-5. You try this, it'll change the game. Okay? 25-5. Five. five means five days starting today. 25, you make a list of 25 things that you're sincerely grateful for. At least half, that's 13 if you're doing the math, at least half of them are about your job. The way it is without changing anything. You find what there is already that you're grateful for. And don't repeat anything on tomorrow's list that was on today's list. Whole new list tomorrow. Oh boy. If you'll do this 25-5, it will put you in a positive evaluation of what is without changing anything. And that's like turning on the power switch for creation mode. With that energy, you can make all kinds of upgrades. Wow, if that's you, powerful. I tell you, if you approach it with negativity and just, just notice how you respond to other people, 
maybe in your work environment. You know those people who are just noxiously negative? Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody wants to stay away from them, right? People who come at it with positivity change the energy and they create an environment that is now conducive to that second process, creation, where wow. we can absolutely wow. upgrade this thing. If we apply this professionally, so we are currently not enjoying the state of mind that we're in in our professional mm-hmm. careers. So the first thing we do is we do the 25, five, 20, 25 items a day, five days in a row. 13 mm-hmm. of them have to be related to the job. Mm-hmm. And by the time we're done with this exercise, we'll realize how wonderful our job is. And I, if we do this realistically, it doesn't necessarily mean that we will negate the need for whatever change we were thinking about before we started. It will just frame the situation in this positive light, opening up the juices and putting us in a frame of mind of creation where now we will be able to actually come up with real solutions and actionable items. It puts you in position to actually pull off the upgrade. Okay. So that that would be the first part of the question, which would be applying the evaluation creation one-two punch to our professional environment. Now let's Mm -hmm. assume that I have 125 things written down on a piece of paper, 13 each day have to do with my job. So I have now a very healthy idea and a very healthy understanding of where I am professionally. And But now I find now my creative juices are flowing and mm-hmm. ideas are coming in fast and furious. But then I realize that I'm not sure if I'm in the right industry to begin with or if I, mm-hmm. if I am in the right industry. Is this the right uh, part of that industry for me. Right. Does this help me with that? Absolutely. Notice the evaluation exercise itself improves your life because you get to enjoy what you've got. And life happens right now, not after you make the upgrade. I mean, it happens then too, but my point is this is your life. And and I like what you said earlier that, that... it's not okay with you that people just kind of leave, lead lives of misery and quiet desperation. What if our purpose here is to have joy, mm-hmm. to experience happiness? I think that is our human purpose. And, and because of that, I want to enjoy my life now, not after I finish this project. And what a better way, there's no better way than the method of evaluation. Now, I've just looked at right. the time. I've been enjoying this conversation so thoroughly that I not realize the time's slipping away. Uh, we're having fun. We are having fun. So, <laughs> But I do want to make sure that everyone listening to this uh, gets as much value as we are getting out of this conversation as well. So are there any particular tools that you would recommend for someone who is specifically um, regarding their professional careers, their jobs or their business, and they're not in a place where they want to be. Um, is there any uh, tool, either an online tool or or a book that you would recommend for someone to read um, to get themselves into this space? Oh, wow. There are so many. There are so many. You know what? You mentioned my podcast earlier. I interview authors 
And I would recommend so many of, of the guests that I've had on my show. It's called Live on Purpose Radio. And right. we'll definitely put a link to that as well in the show notes. But I'm going to push you here a little bit because I found huge benefit. If you had yes. to identify, if you were stuck on an island with just one book that you had to bring with you, and this would be the book where you draw the most inspiration, and you think that others can also gain from this. Just your one, you'll be on the island with just this book and maybe your job. I don't know how that's possible because uh, you're <laughs> and a couch, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you know what, and it is hard, mm-hmm. uh, Shmuel. There have been so many. Uh, books that have had a profound impact on me. The one that probably comes to mind the strongest as you push me to that, you know, what's what's one of those seminal pieces for me is really a, a philosophical book that was written quite a, quite a long time ago by an author who actually defected from the old communist Russia. Okay. And uh, it's called Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. And uh, it's not an easy read. It's 1,500 pages of small print. Um, Wow. But she put forth a philosophy here. the, The short version is consumers versus producers. Consumers versus producers. Nice. And it's a producer mindset that will guide our creation effort probably better than anything that I know. So that particular book has had a profound impact on my thinking. Well, um, I'll definitely put a, a link to that in the show notes as well as to your books, um, The Pathological Positivity and The Portable Positivity. Uh-huh. Um, I'll definitely put a link to that as well, as well as your podcast. If the listeners want to follow what you're doing and they want to be in touch with you, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Best way is probably just through the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R. And there are links there to other things that are going on, including the podcast, Live on Purpose Radio. Um, we're also launching a YouTube uh, platform. that will It's daily content of ideas and principles. Wow. And that's Live on Purpose TV. So that's just a forward slash on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Live on Purpose TV. Awesome. Um, it's, it, it's a pity. Up. It's a pity that we have to wrap up, but um, you've definitely uh, whet my appetite to learn more about the concepts that you've uh, described here. This is unique. That usually I would hear specific tools for changing where we are right now professionally to where we need to get to, and you've provided that as well. But additionally, you've given this tremendous uh, insight of how we can love our nine to fives without changing a thing we're just changing our own mindset and that is is just phenomenal and i mean with the 25 fives a very simple actionable way of doing that so Mm -hmm. again it's it's a pity to to cut this short and perhaps we may have to do this another time to get to get a session two here we've never done that before but i really feel like we're we're, you know we had this somewhere we could go so much deeper here but Dr. Paul, thank you so much for your time. I know that your time is precious, and I've really enjoyed this, and I know that our listeners are going to enjoy this as well. And we really wish you all the best, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure and honor to be here.